Your 
us down, does he? When we're in a mind to entreat him, he always comes and he always blesses us with his presence. Amen. Amen. What a what a holy presence and what a blessing it is. My thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like when we get there? It's going to be awesome. I forgot to announce too that uh, we have asparagus. And anybody that wants asparagus after church, you can get some from the garden. Uh, they have bags back there and everything. So, and I, I have some announcements, but I'll be making them this afternoon. Uh, a few announcements. So let's not forget that. And the Sunday school class that can be dismissed to the classroom so that they can get on their way. Amen. Somebody's looking forward to it. Somebody's looking forward to the Word of God. Oh, man. Praise God. If we could have that much energy, we'd be tearing this place apart. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to continue on this morning uh, speaking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I want to direct your attention to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I know we visited that uh, scripture last week. We're just going to go on. And and I can't help but uh, just try to help everybody to, to understand really what it is when we talk about... Uh, him being Lord of all and what that Lordship means to us and it's important for us to understand that and as I said last week we talked about uh, what that word the Greek word kurios and basically the the definition of kurios if you look it up in the Greek 
Of course, it's the same manner in the Hebrew, but uh, we're speaking about the Greek since we're taking our text out of the New Testament, where we started last week in the book of Philippians. But that word, that definition applies to all the time it's used in the New Testament and Old Testament. We talk about Him, His Lordship, and we're talking about Him who is supreme in authority. He is supreme in authority, and of course, uh, that also means that because of His authority, He's supreme in authority, that means that He is the one who is in control, the controller. And so that's really important for us to, to, to see and understand and you read there in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse number 3, you see here, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord. Now you notice how he says it. He didn't say, and, and, I, and I think we've heard so many people quote the scripture but we've never we've never really paid attention in the manner it's quoted and he says that Jesus is the Lord right. not Lord because right. we hear so many people say Jesus is Lord you know Jesus is Lord he doesn't say that he says he is the Lord that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost so that kind of helps us to understand what Paul is referring to here when he's saying that that Jesus is the Lord. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Ghost. So we can't say, we can't proclaim, we can't declare Him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the thing. Because we could probably profess, and as we started out in our scripture verse in Philippians chapter 2, you don't have to go there. When he talks about every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. So when we understand what it is to, to basically, there's going to be two types of confessions. And what he's talking about there in Philippians is this, that type of confession when, when there's going to be that time when everybody's going to get down and bow their knees and profess that he is Lord. What we say and, and what's going to be done, of course, he's going to prove that to the world and uh, at that future event, and they're going to know and understand that he is Lord. But the other type of uh, confession of Lord is what Paul is talking about here, is that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. It's one thing saying it and declaring it, but it's another thing to be able to show that example and live that and prove that he is Lord in our life by the Holy Ghost. So what does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? And uh, I love what the Amplified Bible says. The Amplified Bible, according to uh, uh, the same passage, this is, we're reading the same passage in the Amplified. He says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God could ever say, Jesus be accursed. And no one can really say, Jesus, now look what he says, is my Lord, but 
and but except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you understand that? And no one can really say Jesus is my Lord except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Ghost. In other words, amen. It's the Holy Ghost because we allow the Spirit to quicken us, to fill us under that power. And because we're under that power, we're under its influence. Under its influence. Uh, I think pretty much we all understand that, what it means to be under the influence of something or somebody. Amen. Praise God. So many people are under the power and influence of a lot of things today. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things that influence us. There's a lot of things that give us so-called power. Hallelujah. So that's one thing that I want you to understand. Uh, why this is important. Why it's important for us to understand this and realize that. You know, you, you think about uh, the Lordship of, of Jesus Christ. His being uh, Lord in our life. <clears throat> Somebody who controls us. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. It's not forcible control. Can I have everybody's attention? It's not forcible control. It's control that is attained because of our relationship with Him. Because we love and we adore Him. So because of that, we allow Him to come into our lives and have control of our lives. That's really vitally important to each and every one of us. Being a child of God. We need to let the Lord have control of our lives. Let me tell you something about that statement. Okay? Do I have your attention? Amen. I just want to make sure you don't fall asleep. <laughs> let, me, let me share a little insight about that statement. To be able to say that He is Lord of our lives. That He is the one who is in control of your life. Amen. You know why I say that? Because it's easier said than done. <laughs> we like to proclaim Him. We like to declare Him Lord. But is He really Lord? That's a good question, isn't it? It's a really good question. So that's the thing that we, we have to consider when we think about what it means when we talk about His Lordship. His, having His supreme authority. His supreme authority. And I wouldn't want to have any other authority. Amen. In my life. Than His authority. 
There's a reason why I say that. There's a reason why I say that. If you understood what it is that that the the situation right now in this world and in creation, if you understood what was going on right now, we can't see it. Because these things are invisible. <laughs> can't see it with the naked eye. They're invisible. But did you realize this? There are dominions and powers and principalities that are working right now in this world. Paul referred to it one place. He said in, in the book of Ephesians, he said, the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world. So there are there are some dominions, there are some powers, there are some principalities who have power and influence over mankind. Are you aware of that? Back in the day when, how many of you have ever had nightmares? bad dreams, you wake up in your dreams, you go, mm, mm. Right. Right. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then, you know, I, I lived with my grandparents for for a few years when I was a young man. I lived with them and, and uh, my dad, my grandpa used to say, Wanahi uh, Shicha. I never knew what he was talking about. Wanahi Shicha. I'll translate that for you. That's a bad spirit. You're feeling a bad spirit. Wanagi shicha. Trying to torment you. <clears throat> That's all the devil wants to do is torment you. The, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all he's coming to do, to torment you. What, do he, what does he use? You know what we all feel when we experience something like that? We feel fear. That's why we freeze up. That's why we can't say nothing. You can feel the presence. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about. But that's, you know, you, you come to that place where you come right close to the, uh, how would I say, uh, what's a good good word for that? Um, uh, that thin line between the two environments, the two economies that we live in. We live in the physical world. We live in the spiritual, and it's spiritual too. So we come into that place, that thin line where we come close to that edge of those dimensions and, and we can feel the presence in the spiritual realm. Sometimes you can feel the goodness. Sometimes you can feel the goodness. Sometimes you can feel the evil. And so there's these powers. There's these principalities that are just at work. And of course, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, I quoted that last week, Revelation that the, amen, that there was war in, in heaven, the devil and his angels, and guess what? They were evicted. They were kicked out of heaven. So where did they go? No other, no other place they can go than down to earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea because the devil has come down having great wrath. You know what? He's angry. He's angry with mankind. You know why? Because God created mankind in his image after his likeness. And God, you know, here's the other part of it. This is the reason why it's important for us to understand why 
we need to realize why we need to let him be Lord of our lives. Did you realize, and when you think about this and you go back in the scriptures, God had a plan for mankind. Yes. Yep. Right. Did you realize that? Yes. Are you paying attention? Yes. God had a plan. And I call this, I call this God's first plan. His first plan. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm alluding to? You read that in the book of Genesis. Let's go there. Genesis 1. Let's go back to the where this is Bible study anyway, isn't it? So there's a reason why the Word of God says this, and it's it's not outdated. <laughs> you go back and say, "Why are we going back to Genesis? That's the one of the oldest books in the Torah." Well, yes, but and it's outdated. No, it's not. We we see here in in Genesis chapter uh, one, and we'll start with verse number twenty-seven. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. You see that. We were created in God's image, male and female. Okay? In His image. Man, isn't it something to be created in the image of God? Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> you know, Amen. the difference between us and all other creation, I'm talking about all the other creations, the difference between us and them is this. What is the distinct difference between us and all other creation? We're created in God's image. Right. After His likeness. <laughs> That's why we're set apart. But there's something about this special creation. I call it special creation because you, you read there and you go on there in, 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 in the, in the uh, creation account in the book of Genesis. When he created man on that, on that day, you know what he said? It, it is very good. So he's pretty happy with what he created on day. He was pretty happy with us. Okay. So, but let's, let's, let's see. So he says that, verse number 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. And, look what he said, Subdue it. Now this was his instruction to the man that he created. Be fruitful. Multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Do you see that? Subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So we were to have dominion. In other words, God made us the supreme authority over his creation that was God's first plan so to exercise that authority to have that dominion we were set in that place amen of authority everything else was going to be beneath us and we were to subdue everything here's the thing when, you, when we talk about subdue, that means this. We were to keep everything in its place. Woo! Right. 
we, mankind, was to keep everything in its place. All right? That was God's first plan. But somewhere, and the Bible never specifically gives any kind of, you know, idea or, or anything concerning what happened in the kingdom of heaven. Something happened where Satan and, amen, a third of his, his followers, his cohorts, were evicted from heaven. They were kicked out of heaven and they came down to earth. So as a result, guess what? Him, amen, uh, being evicted came down here and as a result guess what he wanted to do he wanted to take vengeance on God and he wanted to take vengeance on God's creation especially mankind does that sound that's what he did he wanted to do that and so you know Jesus spoke about that the thief cometh not but for listen look look what he says the thief the thief why did he call him the thief the thief cometh not but for to steal so he came what to steal to take something that wasn't his to steal it that's why he called him a thief so why did he refer to them as that why did he say such, you know, use that to explain the thief. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, to kill. He wanted to, amen, take away man's position. Hmm? His authority. Steal, kill. Why, why does he say kill? Well, guess what he did? Because of his, amen, his deception and because of his being so, uh, how would I say, sly, he came and he basically trespassed. He trespassed into this world, into this economy. He went down to the Garden of Eden where man's creation was where his ultimate creation Adam and Eve and so he came and he trespassed and he made his way and he deceived he lied he twisted the scripture so as a result guess what they they took the bait right Amen. that's right that's right it's really interesting isn't it because because when you uh, you read uh, go to go to Genesis uh, chapter three verse number one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. 
So here we see, here we see deception and lies. For he says, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Woo. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, look what happens, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So what happened? He appealed to man's carnal nature. And because he appealed to their carnal nature, he was never, I mean, he, he, he deceived them. Amen. See, here's the thing. God's first plan, obviously, he thought could work. <laughs> here's the thing about uh, here's the thing about obeying God's will. I always say this often when I talk to people when they're facing certain things in life adversity and trial and temptation, persecution, tribulation, all the things that we go through in life, all the pressures of life. I will say this. I want you to understand. I know these things exist. I know they're there. But here's the thing. I want you to understand the potential you have. If you continue to pursue God, the potential you have. Because Adam and Eve, obviously the Lord knew they had potential. They had potential. Because he put them in that place. Obviously they were in a place of authority. So God says, if they do this right and if they obey my word, they're going to have potential. Right. Amen. Amen. But there was a variable. Here's something interesting. Every time there is a potential, an opportunity to do good, whatever it is in our lives, Whatever the potential that we could, amen, that we have and we can develop and we can grow, there's always going to be something that will always try to beset us. Something always there that's going to try to get us to, to fall or fail from the potential that we have. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve. There was a lot of potential there. God was saying, hey, I'm putting you in charge. That is, is, is you know, what the scripture says. We read that scripture in Psalms 115 last week. We read that scripture, Psalms 115 and verse number 16, where he said, the heavens 
And the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he put into the hands of men. That's what he did. Because he recognized the potential. Oh, man. I'm putting you in charge, Adam. You're going to be the sovereign of this world that I created. Hmm? You're going to be the one that is going to subdue. You're going to be the one that's going to keep. But guess what happened? Guess what the weak link was in this particular situation? It was the carnal side of humanity. That side that looked at that tree and, and it looked very good to Eve. And she said, wow, this, this could work after all. But obviously, Jesus, what he said, Satan knew what he was doing. Huh? Here's one thing I want you to understand, and you know we all know this, all us adults, we know this, but I want you young people to understand this. Never take the devil for granted. Never put yourself out there where you don't need to be. The Bible says he is like a amen, roaming, uh, a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. Who, who, he said, resist in the faith. You don't want the devil to take advantage of you, do you? You don't want him to deceive you. You know what? He'll deceive you. He knows that if you know God's word, he's going to do to you just like he did to Eve. He's going to twist it a little bit. To make it seem like, hey, it's okay. So be careful because a lot of things aren't okay. And you know what? He'll come and he'll come and he'll do just exactly that. He'll steal. So you know what he did? He stole Adam's authority because of Adam's disobedience. He did not keep that which God had appointed him, commanded him to keep. Today, and, and I'm not going to preach politics, but I'll give you an example. Right now, there's a lot of people in this country that are against the Constitution of the United States. And they're doing everything, you know, you know, we say that I pledge allegiance to the flag, to the United States of America, and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God. But here's the thing, we pledge allegiance. So you're saying you're going to abide, you're going to keep the Constitution, you're going to live by its laws. But there's people right now that are coming against it. Not, they're not abiding by the laws. So whenever you, when you break the laws of the Constitution, when you break that vow, guess what you become? You become a traitor. And because you become a traitor, guess what happens? You fall into treason. Right. <laughs> That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They fell into treason. So what happened? Their power was stripped. Their authority was stripped. Their control over the world that was given to them was stripped. Right. Amen. 
You understand that? Yes. Am I making sense? Yes. It was taken from them. Yes. Can I say it this way? By default. Amen. And guess who took it? That's why we shouldn't believe in uh, dictatorship. Right. A dictator doesn't give anybody freedom. He wants to exercise his power and his authority without anybody having any kind of liberty. That's what Satan is. He's a dictator. And so that's what happened. So when a dictator comes in, what does he do? You know what he does? He takes control of the of the power and he takes control of a population he takes control of, of everything that amen that particular economy used to have am i making sense yes so we're still talking about lordship right. so so what happens so because of that and jesus is saying the thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy that's what he's doing so what happens so because of that we lose we lost our authority and that power went from our hands to whose satan's hands so because it went into his hands now he has exercised his power and his authority over all mankind his dominion am i making sense So you see that. Um, and so, you know, man was given this privilege. Uh, go with me to uh, Psalms uh, chapter uh, 8. Yeah, Psalms chapter 8. Uh, just to back up what I'm telling you. So, you, so you, you're, you're not saying it. You're not thinking I'm saying it just to, just to say it. In Psalms chapter 8, you read this in uh, verse number 3. It says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. When I considered all that creation. What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas what is man you amen you basically proclaimed him lord so we were in that place at one time that was god's first plan that was god's first plan And obviously because of Satan, man failed God's first plan. <laughs> he 
failed it. That's something, isn't it? Just let it settle in your mind. Let your brain soak it up. Because that's what really happened. That's what really took place. We lost it. It's right in our hands. We lost it. Our ability to govern. Looks like man is just, they're on that pursuit to be able to govern. Hmm? To have control. That's why I thank God I live in the United States of America. The only free country in all the world. And, and you know, here's the thing. A lot of people wrestle with our Constitution. The reason why they wrestle with our Constitution, here's the thing. Our Constitution was based upon the Word of God. Based upon spirituality. A, 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 a submission and, 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 and a submission to the Creator, to the Maker of heaven and earth. And a submission to His Word. Carnal man will never understand that. Spiritual men will and do. So that's why a lot of people and everybody that has trouble with their constitution, you know why? It's because they're carnal. They're sinful. They're evil. And that's who we're confronting right now. That's who's trying to take over the helm of this country. So that's why it's important for us to pray for our leaders. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Not preaching politics. Not preaching politics. So we see that. We see what happened. We see how everything was put into our hands. And we could have, obviously, we had the potential if we would have kept our mind on God. So as a result, guess what happened? It was taken from us. It was stripped from us. We lost that authority. We lost that power. It went over. It went over to the one who took it from us. Hallelujah. It's really amazing. We sang that song this morning. Send the light. Send the gospel light. How many of you ever really know what you're singing when you sing that song right <laughs> i'm glad for the gospel light Amen. i'm glad it came into my life the gospel light Amen. because you know what it did it brought me out of darkness right. brought me into the light brought me to understand that hey you know what i used to be bound did you hear that bound bound in sin but now i'm not anymore now i've been set free because of the gospel light. I used to be under the power and lordship of Satan, but I'm not no more. Jesus came and set me free. Amen. That's Amen. right. That's right. Amen. So you think about that. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. This is going to be a little, a little uh, reading here again. Hebrews chapter 2. And 
Praise the Lord, if I could find it. And we'll be reading verses uh, 14. Uh, we'll be dancing around in this particular chapter in a few more moments here as we go back and forth. But uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14, look what it says. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil wow and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage wow. yeah. so when we were under the authority of Satan. That's why it's important for us to understand the power of sin. Sin just basically means transgression, trespassing, trespassing. Going beyond the bounds. Going beyond the limitations that God has set for us. It's important for you to understand that. That's what sin is. And the power of sin is this. Of course, the Lord said, if the day you eat of that tree, you're going to surely die. You know what happened? Because they sinned, it, they did die. They died spiritually. They didn't have that communion and fellowship with God anymore. We, we know that because what did he do? Immediately after they disobeyed, they were evicted from the Garden of Eden. Right. So they died spiritually. They didn't have that connection with God anymore. That's the power of sin. Sin separates us from God. That's the power of sin. So we lose the power that we once used to have. So let me ask you a question. If we lose that power that God at first gave us, that tells me that we're under someone's power. Right. Under someone's authority. Huh? You ever ask yourself that question? I used to believe in my younger years, and I, and I would say this sometimes, just in, uh, I guess, in despite of, you know, just saying, wanting to do my own thing. Oh, I am my own man. I can make up my own mind. I can decide for myself. Oh, yes, I did. But you know what? Who was behind the influence of that thinking? Right. Satan. Right. So he caused me to walk further and further away from God. All those things that my parents and my grandparents taught me. Amen. Guess what? I rebelled. I went my way. And I found out, hey, you know what? This is not as good as... Amen. The devil said it was going to be. Because there's going to be consequences to sin. And there always is consequences to sin. And see, whether we even realize it or not, we were so blinded by it that we didn't realize that we were under his lordship. Uh, it's important for us. That's why, I, that's why I felt the need to do it, just to somehow just keep on coming across this and 
illuminating. And and when when that happened to us, and there we were, we were we were bound in sin. We you know we 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 didn't even know we were blinded. Didn't know from front between what was front and back, left and right, up and down. We were just lost. Undone. Praise God. So that's one thing I want you to understand. So, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Remember I said that last week when, when the Lord spoke to Satan, the, the, the serpent, he said that the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. He's going to, in other words, he's going to break your lordship. He's going, to, he's going to break down your authority. He's going to bruise your head. He's going to take away your power. Ooh. I'm not trying to teach on the Godhead, but this is important for you to understand. Because this is God's creation, this world. We, we read that, didn't we? The heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he put into the hands of man. God being God, there was, there was those two places, the heavens and the heavens, that God basically had liberty in. He could move freely because that's where his power had liberty. But he didn't. He couldn't do it on here on earth because... He put earth under the dominion of man and, and man lost his authority that God gave him. And his authority went to Satan. So he didn't have that liberty in this world. God being a spirit. As John said, God is a spirit. So God didn't, he couldn't really come down into his creation. Did you know that God is a keeper even of his own word? Yes. He keeps his own word. I've heard people say that, oh, sometimes the Lord would just kind of uh, uh, just kind of transcend his, his law. No, he doesn't. He keeps his word. And so in order for him to come down and to, if I want to say it in this sense, Free mankind. Rescue mankind. Remember, he's a spirit. So in order for him to do that, he had to become a human being. He had to be born in this economy. Hallelujah. He had to be legal. Huh? We, we hear that every now and then. He had to be legitimate. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's right. Woo! I'm still blown away when I think about this, and I, this isn't part of my. Um, uh, this isn't part of my my teaching, but what they said about when Ron Wyatt took that blood sample to those experts there in Israel and said, "Sample this blood." 
and when it only had 23 chromosomes. Where were the other 23? That's what they ask him. Whose blood is this? Well, it's the blood of your Messiah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, where's the other three? three it didn't have human DNA. Right. It only The only human DNA that was represented was by his mother Mary. Right. The 23. Right. But the other 23, they couldn't, they couldn't pinpoint it because, you know why? Because it was divine. Amen. That blood was divine. Boy, if that wasn't a, a witness to the word of God. Yes, amen. Woo, divine blood. That's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful. Amen. Amen. So in order for God to legally and rightfully. Did you, did you, did you know this now? How many of you are, are familiar with um, uh, uh, how, how can I say this? Uh, laws, rules, and laws of engagement in 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 a military situation. How many of you are familiar with the rules and laws of engagement? You cannot, if you're going into a conflict. Here's here's what our here's what our our forces have to do when they go into a conflict. They cannot they cannot use any force. They cannot use any force. Unless they are fired upon or attacked by the opposing force. Then and only then can they use force. So in other words, they cannot exercise, amen, force unless force is used against them. Laws, rules and laws of engagement. Praise God. So here's what happened. Obviously, mankind was forced. Mankind was threatened. And, and of course, look what happened. Death. When there was no death before in the world, mankind, amen, because of sin, here comes death. So obviously, lives were taken. We read that, didn't we? Right. Lives were taken. Look what happened to Cain. When he took the life of his brother Abel. So because physical force was used, the Lord says, okay, I'm, I, I've already got this taken care of. The rules of engagement. Now that my creation has been, amen, forced, and because of that bloodshed and death, now I'm going to engage. Am I making sense? And, and so, so we see that, and that's what happened. In order for God to legally and legitimately come into this world, he could not just force or impose his will upon a world that he was not even really, basically, a part of. You know why? He would be an alien. Does anybody know what an alien is? They don't belong. They don't live in the boundaries. Praise God. So in order for a person to become legally a citizen of a certain country or a certain nation, they have to be born. They have to be born. So the Lord said, I'm going to do this right. 
I want to come down to earth, but I'm going to do this right. I'm, I'm God. I know I'm God, but I'm not just going to force my way and pose myself upon these people. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want this birth to be legal. So we read that. So when that time came, guess what happens? We read that scripture. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. So he became flesh and blood. God, who is the spirit, became flesh and blood. He became a human being. And as Paul was saying that in Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. In other words, this was going to be a legal, legitimate birth. Now God is going to come down. Why? Because he's seen the state of men. He's seen the state of mankind. Amen. No longer was he going to say, hey, death is not going to rule over my creation. Woo. I hope you're getting this. Amen. And he says that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Ooh, man, I tell you what. It's the reason why you read in uh, the New Testament, uh, go with me to the book of Romans. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Let me give you a, a, a chapter here. Chapter 8, look what it says. i got to hurry up. I'm running out of time. Man, time goes by too fast. Praise God. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, look what it says here. Look what Paul says. Romans chapter 8, in verse number 21, look what he says. And, and, and it says this, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The creature, who is that? That's you and I, right. and all creation. Why? Why does he say that? Well, back up. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. You know what? This wasn't really, I don't believe any of us really wanted this. Not willingly. It's made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Let me tell, I'm, I'm, tell you something. I'm glad. God had a plan. I'm glad he had a backup plan because his first plan didn't work. Not because of him, because of man. But because of what happened, we were subject to vanity. Not willingly. Each and every one of us in certain times in our life, we were saying, man, is there something better than this? How many of you ever said that to yourself? Right. It's got to be something better than this. Right. Why is it all this heartache, all this pain, all this suffering? Man, I tell you what, your mind, your spirit, everything, just Satan was just reaping havoc, fear. So here comes that part where the Lord says, okay, I'm, I'm going to deal with this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come down to earth and I'm going to 
change change the whole situation that mankind is in I'm going to change it makes sense to me because because uh, the, the Apostle Paul talks about this and he says this and I, I read that scripture in in uh, uh, Romans where he says because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God that was the Lord's second plan thank God for his second plan now here's the thing uh, go with me to 1 Corinthians 15 I need to hurry I'm getting running out of time Here's another beautiful passage of scripture here. 1 Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. And look what it says in verse number 45. We're looking at this the situation here, what it was and then what it is now. Look what it said, look what he says. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. So the first Adam was made a living soul. So this, this man that was made a living soul, of course, we've seen what happened. He was stripped of the power and authority that God gave him over his creation. He was stripped of it. He was made a living soul. He was stripped of it. So here comes God's second plan. He says, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. That was God's second plan. So you, you read that. Uh, of course, uh, you kind of get an idea. Verse number uh, uh, 46, Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earth, earthy. The second man, look what he says, is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Woo! So you think, you think, now I'm still talking about lordship. No man can say that Jesus is Lord except it be by the Holy Ghost. So when he mentioned that the second man, Adam, was a quickening spirit, a quickening spirit, remember, what we're referring to. So we see that. It's really vitally important to us to be able to come to that place of what it is to be, amen, set free from bondage. <laughs> it's really amazing. Okay, let me, let me just, I'm trying to hurry. I'm, I'm running out of time here. So here comes the Lord. He's born into this economy. He becomes a man. Only for the reason of this. He's going to shed his blood. He's going to. And that's why this really makes sense when you think about it. When you think about what the Bible says. He's coming to shed his blood. He's coming to give his life. So that you and I can be delivered. You and I can be redeemed. 
bought back. Ooh. That's why I mentioned this last Sunday when, when I was quoting Romans 14, uh, 9, where the Lord said that, uh, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, for Christ died and lived for this very purpose, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. <laughs> so uh, this is what happened. He became a human being, as Paul said, so that he could suffer death. That he could taste death for every man. God could not die because his, his spirit is eternal. But that flesh that he lived in was the thing that was going to die. Huh? So he came, he lived, and he died. And that's what Paul said. Christ died and lived again for the very purpose that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So that he could have the supreme authority that he could be our Lord. And as, as Paul says that, he says, God commanded his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why is that? Because he wanted to become our Lord. He was going to become the Lord both of the dead and of the living. So that's why he came to die. So he became a human being in that respect so that he could come into this economy so that he could lead us to the heavenly economy. He became a man for that purpose so that we can become the children of God. How's everybody doing so far? <laughs> I don't I don't smell anything burning yet, so must be okay. But pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Because this is very important. You need to understand why. When we talk about what it is to be saved, saved, saved. There's a lot of people who don't know what really it is to mean to be saved. Huh? And let me tell you something. Uh, I hate to uh, disappoint you, but you can't be saved just because you pray and you repent and you say a sinner's prayer. That's not going to save you. You've just asked for forgiveness. And guess what? God is good. When you ask, when you're sincere and you ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you. And you feel that. You feel that forgiveness. You go, oh, man, I'm saved. No, you're not. You just felt God's goodness. You were forgiven, so you felt his goodness. Don't stop there. You need to go on. So many people are deceived and just saying that, oh, recite the sinner's prayer. There's no such thing in the scripture, amen, about reciting the sinner's prayer. I haven't found it yet. So in order for us to, to know what it is, to understand the Lordship, Jesus said this. He said this, he said in John chapter 3, verse number 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Except you're born again, you cannot see. Right. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? His mother's womb be born. Here, here's, here's the natural man trying to figure that out. So Jesus answers 
Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Except you're born of water, except you're brought forth of the water. Why is that? We need to be washed. We need to be cleansed. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Amen. Why? Our sins need to be remitted. They need to be taken away. Right. So we do that in, in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Not sprinkling. Not sprinkling water on your head. You need to be laid down and immersed. That's what the word baptism means. Baptizo means to be fully immersed in the name of Jesus. Being born, being born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom. So look what he says. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is of spirit. So in order for us to be born again spiritually, that's what we need to do. So when we exercise that faith and that obedience to his word, we're going to be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. We can't see the wind, but we can hear the wind. So when we're born again, guess what happens? The Holy Ghost, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And the wind blows, and you hear the sound thereof. That's why you hear people speaking in tongues. Because you're born of the Spirit. Okay? Am I making sense? So when we see that, of course, remember, uh, go back to John chapter 1, verses number 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is how we're born again. Okay. This is how Jesus becomes Lord. In our lives. Look what, look what uh, the Apostle said there in the book of Acts chapter 10. Go with me there at the book of Acts chapter 10. Right around verse number uh, uh, 36. The book of Acts chapter 10. Right around verse number 36. It says this. It says, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Do you see that? He is Lord of all. See that little smiley face there? He is Lord of all. Then he goes on. The word that I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from all Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, breaking his lordship. For God was with him. 
For we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Woo! He became Lord both of the dead and of the living. Wow! So we see that. That's why it's really important for us to understand. Thank you, Jesus. Lordship. In 1 Corinthians 15, 47, Paul said the first man was from out of earth. I'm speaking, uh, yeah, from out of earth. I'm speaking, this is the Amplified. The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord out of heaven. My, my. Saints of God. What does that tell you? In our lives right now, the dominion and power and authority that we have and we exercise is because of the Spirit of God that resides in us that's God's second plan that is his, his authority can be exemplified in us if we are truly influenced if we truly have the power and an influence by his spirit we are going to be led they that are led of the spirits of the Spirit are the sons of God. So you think about that. My, my. The devil has no place. No place in your life. God's second plan is the ultimate plan. A better plan. The devil has no place. Don't give him any place. Don't allow him to come into your life and to try to, amen, to torment you, to steal, to rob you of what God has given you. Don't let him do that. It's really important for you to understand he's given us that liberty that liberty, we're not in bondage anymore. We have been set free. Sin shouldn't be something that we, amen, our soul, praise God, given to. Instead, we should be walking in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we're gonna be walking in righteousness and truth and holiness. That's the difference. And when we do, we're proclaiming the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're letting the world know that he is Lord of our life. Praise God. That's important for you to understand. That's why the devil is afraid of the New Testament church. He understands fully, as Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Why? Because we know his lordship. Ooh, why are we so afraid of him? 
Paul said this in 1 Timothy 6.15. I'm getting ready to close. He said, Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Ooh. My. That's who we serve. That's who we should be declaring. Who we should be proclaiming. Not by what we say, but by the way we live. He is Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you very much. I actually got done a little early. I hope you all received something this morning. I hope you received something. God bless you. Remember, there's some uh, asparagus back there for any of you that want to take anything from the garden.